So I only decided to come back to Australia on the 13th of April. It's been a very whirlwind experience getting myself ready and uh, organised to come home. I've been in Japan for a total of 20 years. So if you can imagine, you know, that it's just been crazy. Um, I'm going to go into why maybe another time, another podcast. Um, I think this is kind of good for me to verbalise how I feel and how I came to these decisions and why I'm decided to do what I'm doing. It's been a huge decision. But um, for now, I want to... Ex- I want to. For now, I'm in this process of quarantine where I'm spending two weeks in a hotel in Sydney and I kind of want to, want to keep a log of what, what that's like without writing everything down like a, a granny's journal. Um, so he goes... I took a flight on Wednesday the 22nd of April from Haneda in Japan to Sydney. Um, I lived in a smaller area of Japan in Shikoku and the flight from there to, to Haneda was, uh, wasn't very full. There was definitely not many passengers and not as many as usual but it's not like the flight's always busy so I didn't really notice to be honest such a big change and the even the shops in the airport some of them were closed in my small airport of Takamatsu but not all of them the cafe was still open the family mart was still open one of the um omiyage or souvenir shops was still open maybe half of them were closed but it was almost business as usual it wasn't too much of a shock but when I arrived at Haneda I was shocked I'll admit I was shocked Haneda is a massive airport. It's become, it used to be the minor airport in Tokyo and it's kind of become the hub airport of Tokyo. It's right in the center of the city. And to think that that whole airport has just come to a standstill was for me quite a shock. And it really, really made me realize that I've made the best decision to come home. I kind of got quite scared. Um, so I arrived into Haneda about 5.30 and it was Terminal 1. So I had to then catch a bus to Terminal 3 for my international departure. And there was one shop open in Terminal 1, like sold souvenirs and things. And of course, I just wanted to get over to Terminal 3 and check in. Um, so I got the bus, but... After, where, after I arrived into Terminal 3, I realised I couldn't check in. I was way too early, so I had to kill time. But Haneda Airport's quite amazing, and it has this uh, very cool area upstairs, which is like old Tokyo-style Edo period, where you would normally hang out and eat ice cream and drink green tea and take photos. And there's like a bridge that you can pretend you're a samurai and... Uh, kill someone with a sword or play around and stuff there's like kind of self-entertainment areas so to speak Um, and there was not a person there it was mind-blowing there were a couple of people waiting near the checkout counter and looking back they were obviously on my flight um, because of where they were sitting but at the time I didn't realize that but um, 
so I went to the departure the TV monitor that shows you the departures so I went to the TV monitor that shows you the departure list and I realized that there was only three flights that night so there was a nine o'clock flight to Vancouver there was the 10 so I went to the departure TV monitor and it showed me there were three flights that night there was a 10 o'clock flight for Vancouver there was a 10 30 flight to Sydney that I was on and there was a 10 past 12 flight to Frankfurt and then I realized that all the people in the in the airport then I realized all the people in the airport were either on my flight or the one to Vancouver and at this point I could count them on two two hands one maybe like it was ridiculous anyway um I went upstairs to have a look at this Edo period um little area that's quite cute and it it was it was empty there was no one there there were there was two women sitting down eating sort of dinner but not in a restaurant because they're all closed they were just eating their lunchbox and the bookshop was open which kind of surprised me because honestly there was nothing else I could find so I went in there and I actually bought a, a nice coloring book and a Japanese history book and then I went for a bit of a walk and I found Moss Burger and Yoshinoya were open but they were the only things plus the money exchange so there was a bookshop Moss Burger Yoshinoya and the money exchange were the only shops open and I still couldn't check in because I was too early so I went upstairs again and made some phone calls to family and friends and um, then I was sort of, I went and had some dinner at Moss Burger, um, which was really yummy, so that was nice, but um, as soon as I was able to check in, I went downstairs again to the check-in counter and went to check in, but I realised I was actually checked through from Takamatsu, so... I didn't need to check in. I just went straight through to immigration and um, that was a new experience because now if you're a, a permanent resident holder leaving Japan, you have to sign a document saying you're aware that you can't come back. So I was ushered over to another counter and, and I had to explain, well, So then I was ushered over to a counter and I had to read this document and sign that I was aware that once I leave I can't come back. So I, oh the door just got knocked on and breakfast is here. So anyway that was very smooth. Um, I have a re-entry permit so I won't lose my permanent residency and I then was through to the the waiting area of the airport. Now this is a massive airport and usually there's a big eating area with like a food court and there are um, a heap of shops that you can buy gifts and there's a pharmacy and a convenience store and then there's fancy brand 
um, duty-free shops and not one of them was open, nothing. So, I mean, I didn't have anything I needed and anything to buy, but it's a nice way to kill time. And to be honest, I was kind of hoping I could buy a bottle of uh, Umeshu, but that didn't happen. So I just did a lot of walking. I basically put all my things in one of those trolleys and just did laps of the airport and rang my parents and rang my sister and rang my friends and just did that until the flight left. And one thing that really... One thing that really surprised me was the flight for Vancouver, which left at 10, and the flight to Sydney were situated leaving the same gate or the gates next to each other and I just think that in this age of social distancing you'd think they'd have them at least one gate apart because there were actually quite a few people on the Vancouver flight that that area was quite full and they all had to sit together it was just kind of bizarre um the Aussies waiting for the flight to Sydney were trying to sort of separate and sitting away from each other and walking laps so my flight was okay but yeah it's just kind of I thought that was quite weird anyway um we got on the flight there was not many people at the airport so there weren't many people waiting at the gate for my flight but of course I still didn't know how many people were going to be on the flight and then I got on and it was ridiculous there was like nobody on the flight basically there was I asked and there were 31 people for a plane that can fit 285 and we had the state-of-the-art brand new uh, plane and it was amazing and yeah so I had a very comfortable flight I said I was the furthest back and there were at least six rows behind me empty. There were three rows in front before the next people. I had a bathroom to myself. Um, the air flight attendants were fantastic and yeah, everything was wonderful. And then we arrived into Sydney and we weren't allowed to get out of our seats until we had a, a little explanation given by our quarantine officer. And the procedure out of the airport was very smooth and very professional and honestly I felt just leaving the airport I felt safe I felt sort of content and happy and I feel now too even though I'm still in quarantine and this is day four I feel like I've definitely made the right decision um so at the airport we got ushered through to see a nurse and uh, we had our temperatures taken and a chat with the nurse and she asked us you know if we've got any symptoms and if we've got any underlying medical issues and all those sorts of things and then once she got a clear from her we got sent to normal uh, immigration counters and they were lovely then we had to go and get our bags and through quarantine and customs and they were lovely I had a couple of wooden bowls in my bag so I always declare everything I have and I never have any trouble of course they always ask where's it from and I say Japan and they're like oh Japanese wood's fine and they let me through but I always declare it you got to do the right thing and then we got ushered back kind of into the airport again 
into this waiting area and we had all our bags and then we got sent to the bus and uh, some some defence force personnel were really nice and helped carry our bags and put them on the bus and I had three bags one was 22 kilos one was 21 and one was 16 I've never traveled with so many things I had a backpack and a I had a carry-on bag with some very very treasured breakable things in it and um I've never struggled at an airport with my things because I travel I might have a lot in one bag but I don't have a lot of bags so anyway it was really nice they were very kind and helpful and we got on the bus and we still didn't know where we were going nobody told us which hotel I kind of guess it's because they don't want family waiting at the arrival they don't want people waiting downstairs expecting a hug from their you know loved ones getting off the bus they just try to keep it almost a secret so we really didn't know until we pulled up um until the indicator went on in front of the Sheridan I really didn't know we were going to stay at the Sheridan so we uh, pulled out pulled up at the Sheridan Grand Hyde Park which is a very very nice hotel and we all were kind of happy so obviously it's totally out of our control but if you're going to spend two weeks in a hotel this is kind of the one you want to stay at so um I was very happy about that that was quite exciting but of course then you don't know what room you're in so you could have there's also the park side and then there's city view well obviously everyone wants to stay in the park side view because Hyde Park's beautiful but you don't know until you get your until you get your basically until you get taken to your room and we had to check in with the hotel and then check in with the police police asked us how we were leaving what our plans were who was going to pick us up or if we were taking public transport everything was so organized everything was so smooth and everyone was so kind I don't know what happened with the first group of people that seemed to complain and have trouble but Um, I guess things were just so new and nobody knew the best way to deal with things and the hotel weren't the hotel wasn't prepared and um, now it just seems so organized so yeah we checked in to our rooms and I got a park view fancy nice room with a big king bed and a lounge and a fancy desk and the first thing I said to the Navy officer was, do I have to leave after two weeks? This is kind of fancy and nice. And I kind of unpacked quite a lot of things, not clothes. I don't need a lot of clothes, but I unpacked a lot of bits and pieces that I'm going to be using and trying to organize while I'm here. And took a million pictures and kind of tried to relax. It was still before lunch. We got lunch that day. And I had a bit of a nap and then that was the end of the day. I'm going to do another recording uh, soon about the next day and um, then I'll do one giving you a background on why I left Japan. Um, It's just for myself. I'll do another podcast soon about why I left Japan. I think it's good for my good for myself to get through the process of why I'm 
why I've come back and this is just like journaling which I'm definitely not good at kind of definitely a talker not a journaler so um this is a good process for me